What's up, Dolphins fans? Today is Thursday, April 14th, 2022. Today on the show, reacting to some of the sound bites that came courtesy of the Miami Dolphins player availability from Wednesday. Got a chance to hear from a couple of key players in the Dolphins, Mike Gusecki, Austin Jackson, Elan and Roberts. We're getting into all of that and more here on Locked on Dolphins. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins. Today is Thursday, April 14th, 2022, and uh, we heard from a couple of members of the Miami Dolphins, and what a great birthday present to me. My birthday's tomorrow. And the fact that we got to hear from Mike and Austin and Elan and Roberts, and I thought they all really gave us some really good stuff to talk about today on the show. Anytime the content comes easy because you wake up and you know you have something in your back pocket, that's the greatest gift you can give. So thank you to the Miami Dolphins for that. Uh, I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, here on Locked on Dolphins, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting, at thedraftnetwork.com. And uh, I want to make sure I thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. With that in mind, I want to touch on what we heard from Austin Jackson first. I do have the quotes down here in front of me. Uh, I want to read through a couple of them. The first one, Uh, A question from the press conference. How different is this scheme compared to anything you've run in college or in your first two years in Miami? Austin's response, what I like about this scheme is that it's very detailed. It's very detailed. We have very detailed emphasis. At the end of the day, we're going to have to rely on the concepts that we know, study, and train for, which is fun. It's actually a lot of fun to do that because when you get in an actual game, there are a lot of different situations to be ready for. I think we'll definitely have our great playbook and concepts that we're installing right now to fall back on. Wonderful. Great. So this is not a surprise if you've followed along as far as the resume of Coach McDaniel and the things that he does well uh, and the things that he's largely applauded for. Attention to detail and the mad scientist, if you will, uh, behind the play calling has always been the M.O. of Coach McDaniel. But for a Dolphins offense last year that got a little stale at times, a lot of... What's the word I want to use here? A lot of their run game principles were pretty elementary. Split flow zone, duo... um, Pretty much trying to, to work doubles inside, climb up to second level. But the identification of the front seemed like it was always a problem because there was never a consistency as far as execution on who's coming off to pick up who. And when you did block it right, that's when like the one or two guys that would have the execution errors, uh, those blown up blocks would blow up the play. So to hear from Austin Jackson that yes, indeed, The Dolphins have an offensive playbook that is very much detail-oriented, attention to detail, um, is a win. That's a plus. And and that's a reaffirmation, an affirmation of what we've thought we've known we were getting. 
Now, how well it manifests itself on the field is a different story entirely, but at the very least, you like hearing this positive reinforcement early in the season. Next question that Austin had received was, the zone rushing philosophy seems to align with many of your strengths, as in him in particular. How do you think it aligns with your strengths? Austin says, it aligns with a lot of my strengths, one of them being my athletic ability. Of course, personally, I feel like I can play in any system. It definitely aligns to the strength of overall as a team. I'm really excited. I don't know how to fully explain my excitement, but just know we'll definitely be utilizing speed all around. We have a team full of people that are fast skill-wise and offensive line-wise, very competitive and very aggressive. Those three, those are three fundamentals as players that we pretty much operate on. Okay, so this is this is important. And any individual team, any individual unit within a team, you have to have your core pillars, your foundational pieces of who are you as a football team. And Austin Jackson just gave us three pillars of the identity of the Miami Dolphins offensive line. You know, for the Brian Flores-led teams, it was smart, tough, loves football, it's important to him, works hard, selfless, like all of all of that whole cliche where you could ask him about any player and you just have the, the checklist and you go one, two, three, four, five. Yep, he hit them all, bingo. Um, we have our first sampling of that for the Mike McDaniel Miami Dolphins. Very competitive, very aggressive, speed all around. So when you think about players that could be added to the mix, what the Dolphins are going to continue to pursue, speed, competitiveness, and aggressiveness are things that we should be looking for in future players if these are pillars of their identity that are going to help provide you with a predictiveness to what they're going to continue to covet. In the future. And I think there are moves this offseason, spe- specifically on the offensive side of the ball, certainly illustrate those ideologies, those identity pieces. So that's good. That's, that's big. Uh, did you have any prior knowledge of your new offensive line coach, Matt Applebaum? What are your impressions of him as a teacher? Austin's response, I've actually watched quite a bit of college tape. I've watched a lot of tape. I actually love playing offensive line. It's more of an art form to me, so I love to study it. I've definitely seen what Boston College linemen have been doing the past couple of years. They've been super fundamentally sound technique-wise and all of that. These last couple of weeks we've been working together have been great. I'm looking forward to more of them in the future for sure. I think here's what's important to remember about Boston College. Boston College, as a program before Jeff Halfley got into the building, uh, was a team that kind of ran a gimmicky, run-heavy college offense. Uh, but when Jeff Halfley got, got into town, they suddenly started implementing a lot more zone concepts from a rushing perspective. They were much more drop-back passing. It looked much more like a traditional NFL offense. So when Austin talks about the evolution of Boston College's offensive line and what they become the last few years, just know, like, Boston College was not running the same system before Matt Applebaum and Jeff Halfley got here. This, I mean, this was a pretty dramatic turnover as far as what they were versus what they are. 
So when you think about the dolphins, there's a little bit of a correlation here that you could probably point to and say, okay, if the, if the coaching staff at Boston College had success in revamping those, those players, and you hear Mike McDaniel talk about, you know, we were believers, we were high on the players that are here in the building in the pre-draft process in San Francisco because we saw their athletic potential during the draft process, that's when you can really start to stack hope and kind of say, okay, is, is this going to be this, the, what turns the tide for Austin Jackson? And I don't know if it will be or not, to be completely honest with you, because Austin has always been a very good interview. Uh, he's always been somebody who's been very articulate with his words. He's very well-spoken. But then you see it on the field, and it's the, there's a disconnect there. So for Austin Jackson's purposes, I don't know that this is going to be the magic key that unlocks the potential. But it's probably going to push you as close or as close as you can get to seeing that version of Austin Jackson. How good that is, we'll, we'll find out in time. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news this year's basketball playoffs to the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Austin Jackson was not the only player we heard from. We heard from Mike Kosecki. We heard from Elena Roberts. We're going to tackle both of them here, starting with Mike Kosecki. First thing he was asked at his press conference was, how do you feel about receiving the franchise tag? Let me buckle up here. I mean... I don't think anybody across the league would be mad about a situation that you get to come back. You're obviously getting an increase in financial purposes and that kind of stuff. It's obviously not the goal, the end-all, be-all goal. It's definitely more team-friendly than it is player-friendly, but it just gives me more reason to continue to come back here, work hard, and continue to be motivated, get back to work, and help this team win football games, and hopefully, eventually, I get what I deserve moving forward. Hmm. Hmm. Mike, tell him. I'd be curious if there wasn't the head coaching change, how Miami would have or would have not handled Mike Isecki's contract situation. I would be inclined to say, based on the drafting of Hunter Long, if Brian Flores was still here, Mike Isecki is probably not. Um, and this might... As far as why the Dolphins haven't given Mike what he feels he deserves, and I certainly think he deserves a long-term contract. And that's when Mike says it's team-friendly, not player-friendly. You might say, well, how can it be team-friendly when it's fully guaranteed $11 million? It's a large dollar amount. And it's players don't want one-year lump-sum contract, especially in the prime of their career. Mike just got done playing four years in the NFL for marginal dollar amounts in the scale of NFL economics. In a perfect world, Mike has in his back pocket a four- or a five-year deal with 
probably 11 to $13 million per season, and about half of that is fully guaranteed money. That is a player-friendly contract. A team-friendly contract is short-term, easy to get out of, no long-term financial commitments. Those are team-friendly, even if the dollar amount is higher. So from Mike's perspective, he has made it very clear within the first comment of his press conference that he would like to have a long-term contract, and he feels he's earned one and deserves one. And he does. It's just a question probably for the Dolphins, and this is me kind of speculating. I don't have any intel on this. But trying to decide and find how Mike fits the new offense. And you can very easily say, well, they're going to tailor a role for him and they're going to maximize his ability. And that's, you know, but sometimes that's easier said than done, especially with what other limitations and factors might exist on the roster uh, that impact your ability to just do the thing that you're, you're good at. So it doesn't sound like there's been a lot of traction on a long-term deal, uh, but Mike has made it pretty clear that I feel I deserve this. I'm going to stay motivated. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep my head down. And uh, I'm not going to make a stink was um, effectively the, ne- the next verbiage that, that he had shared. Um, was asked if, if open to long-term possibility. Mike said, absolutely open to negotiation, but it's really not up to me. As a lot of this is not, I just kind of go with the flow. And if they reach out, then my agent will be listening. Um, I have a good relationship with Chris Greer and Brandon Shore and this new coaching staff. Maybe that had something to do with with it as far as not getting a multi-year done, multi-year deal done. I don't really have the answers, but I do know the kind of person that I am and the worker that I am and the player that I am. I'm just going to go back out there and continue to do what I do, continue to improve and make plays to help this team win football games and eventually get compensated for it. Okay, so Mike has the right frame of mind. Uh, as far as, I don't want to say like, Mike could facilitate leverage for himself if he wanted to. He could say, I'm going to uh, appeal to be a wide receiver under the tag. I'm going to uh, not play on the tag. You need to trade me or give me a long-term deal. He's not doing those things. And I feel like there's a part of this situation uh, that if it continues down the path that it's on and Mike finds similar production to what he had in the last two years, uh, Miami will meet him and reward him uh, because, again, Chris Greer said with the decision to retain Xavier Howard, uh, we want to keep good football players. And Mike is a good football player. And Mike being a professional and not, and, and not to say that players that, that try to leverage these situations aren't professional, but Mike being non-confrontational about this is, I think, something that will probably end up helping him in the long term. Um, now, it, it's something where the saying nice guys finish last, the, the worst case scenario for Mike Isecki would be for him to uh, come back and, and work this year and get hurt. And I'm keeping both fingers, all my toes, and my legs crossed that that doesn't happen. 
But that's the risk for a player on the franchise tag. Is if you get hurt on that year, now your second contract could be, or technically third contract, could be completely compromised because you're entering into free agency where you're not under contract with the team and you are injured. So there's a, a whole new level of uncertainty around what you are as a player. That's the risk that Mike Gusecki is going to take on by choosing to uh, approach this situation the way that he is. But he's made it very clear he's not, not a drama guy. Mike was also asked about Coach John Embry and uh, George Kittle as far as uh, trying to find expectations for himself. Um, when you look at 49ers film and you co- talk to Coach McDaniel and you talk to jo- John Embry, what do you see and what do you hear about your skill set and how it could fit into the scheme? Mike's response, yeah, it's definitely a different scheme as to what we've played in, but at the end of the day, football is football. These coaches are elite in what they do, and I think they're going to put people in position to be successful. To be honest, we haven't really gone over installs or anything like that. It's just been very, very basic knowledge of the offense. So that's pretty much where we're at right now, but I'm ready to go, uh, do whatever I can to go out there and make plays. Does and did George Kittle run a lot of routes that you have run. I would say George and I are different players, but in terms of route running and ability to make tough catches and make plays, I think the thing is he's the best in the league at. I think out of probably anybody at the position is yards after they catch. He gets the ball and he runs angry. He runs people over. He stiff arms people. He runs by people. So I think having Coach Embry here, and he's kind of a guy that helped. I'm not saying that he's the reason that George is where he's at or that George is the reason that John is the coach that he is, but they worked together and did a very good job together. So he was able to help him in a lot of aspects, and obviously George is the player he is now. So I'm happy to have Coach Embry here and definitely have some good tape to watch, watching Kittle out there. Right. Uh, It's nice to hear from Mike. Obviously, he was somebody whose future with the team was in flux. Uh, It seems as though he's in a good headspace to go out and earn it and and prove to the Dolphins, hey, you... If you're not going to pay me now, I'm going to make you pay, pay me even more later. And, and I hope that's the case. That would be the best case scenario, right? Got to talk to you guys about our friends over at Shady Rays. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Rays' insane protection program, Shady Rays includes loss and broken protection on every pair of sunglasses. They will send you a brand new pair if you lose them, no matter what happened. Give them a try, and if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to Fight Hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays, exclusively for our listeners here on Locked On. Head to ShadyRays.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% off Two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code locked on for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Ray sunglasses backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high-quality service online for the last 20 years. So whether you're shopping for engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, or even new carpet for your classic or daily driver, RockAuto.com has everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog, and in just a few clicks, you can get everything delivered directly to your front door. 
Best of all, price is the same at rockauto.com for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So visit rockauto.com for all your auto parts needs today and write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Elena Roberts, last man of the day yesterday. <laughs> First question he received. It's been a pretty, pretty hectic offseason, a lot of changes on offense, but on defense, you guys are running it back. How surprised were you to see that, and what are your thoughts about that to everybody on defense running it back? It was a great thing. Because I know all of those guys. You've got that team camaraderie on your defense. I'm glad we got all the guys back and it's going to be fun. I know somebody's going to have this question, but the NFL changes every year. So to not have your defensive unit change that much is a good thing. Um, was asked about Josh Boyer remaining as the defensive coordinator despite the change with Brian Flores no longer as the head coach and how that continuity helps him as a communicator to get the defense uh, with the rest of the guys right. It's good because now you can build on it. You could start putting yourself and your defense in situations that you might not have been able to put in last year at OTAs. You had to start from the foundation. Every year, you still have to start with your foundation because guys have been off. You just got to revamp things, but it's a quicker process, stuff like that. As a communicator, as a guy that guys know on the team, and I know them and the best situation to put each other in, it'll really complement us in the long run uh, that we're able to stay together. So this is an interesting point. Uh, you think about the Dolphins, 2019. Yeah, they got rid of everybody. Everybody, right? 2020, they brought a bunch of new guys in. They brought in Byron Jones. They brought in Kyle Van Noy. They brought in Shaq Lawson. Like significant contributors on the defensive side of the ball. And then you go to 2021, and Shaq Lawson's no longer on the team. Kyle Van Noy's no longer on the team. And in their place... A couple of rookies, Jalen Phillips, Javon Holland, Bobby McCain, we'll include him. So a lot of your turnover was at critical spots, and, and yes, I think that this is a valid point that Elanin brings up as far as we obviously know the splits on what the first half of the season versus the second half of the season looked like. Some of that was due to strength of schedule. Some of that was due to uh, being limited on that side of the ball. Some of that was due to them not being as aggressive as they'd ideally like to be for whatever reason, whether it was the youth and inexperience and the handcuffs that they had on them in that regard. But as Elanin points out, you have everybody now back, so your onboarding process should be much smoother, much quicker. That's a good thing. And that's what you're banking on for Miami. And of course, Miami banked on a lot last year, and a lot of it didn't hit. But if that's what you're banking on, that sound process to be able to hit the ground running this year. Elanin asked why he decided to come back. To be fully transparent, just felt like this is my defense. I'm a leader on the team and a leader on the defense. It was kind of a no-brainer for me, to be honest with you. I love being in Miami. My family loves it out here. I have a good relationship with everyone in the building. It's kind of a no-brainer. I appreciate that ownership of this team. And say what you will about Elena Roberts, and I have not personally been shy about 
my opinion that, that that's a position on the defense that from a skill set perspective is an upgrade opportunity for Miami. The fact that he does know the defense, the fact that he is embracing a leadership role on the team, I think that's a good place to start. And then, depending on what the Dolphins choose to do, if you find the right balance in personnel, then I think that's when you'll find the best version of Elena Roberts. But I said, even when advocating for potentially exploring an upgrade opportunity to position, I'd love to have the Elena Roberts back, but I'd ideally like him being somebody who plays a little bit more of a leadership role, but has a little bit more snap share on special teams and a little less snap share on the early downs of the actual defense. Of course, that is going to have to come back to whether or not um, they find other contenders to play in that spot and how quickly they, they can get them up to speed. But it was good to hear from a number of the, of the members of the Miami Dolphins, and it was good to hear from each and every one of you. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode of Locked on Dolphins. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Kyle Krabs, fins up. Till next time, make it a good one.